This is Still Rowing, a High Five Live podcast, where members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints share their authentic stories of struggle and triumph on their journey of discipleship, and just why they are choosing faith in Jesus Christ and His restored church. Hello and welcome to the Still Rowing podcast. This is your host, Amy Cower. And today is a bit of a special episode. I, I can tell you I'm definitely more nervous for this one. <laughs> I'm going to share my story today. So I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable. I hope you can give me some grace as I venture out of my comfort zone here to share some things with you. I want to share my experiences with you with the context from the talk, Our Relationship with God by D. Todd Christofferson. So we'll pull in his insights as we go through a little bit about my journey. A little bit of background info on me, though, to get started. I am originally from Minnesota. I love, I love the Midwest. I miss the green. I miss lakes. <laughs> I love the people there, and my husband doesn't want to move back because it's too cold. <laughs> Can't say that I blame him, but snow days as a child were the best. I am the six of seven kids. I have five older brothers and one little sister, and I love it. It was a, a rowdy house to grow up in for sure, but I wouldn't change it for the world. My parents are both active members of the church and have been my whole life. So I was raised going to church. Uh, I grew up in a community that was very Christian. A lot of my friends were Christian, although most were not members of my faith. And that led for some awesome experiences as a kid. I, I developed, um, I guess I was always nervous that I was going to get asked a question that I didn't know the answer to. <laughs> so I was always trying to understand other faiths and understand my own faith so that as questions came up that I could answer them. We had, we had, we was kind of a joke, the, the kind of questions we would get at school, like, are, are Mormons married in bathtubs and can you dance or can you use a cell phone or, you know, funny things like that we'd always laugh about. But there were some serious ones that, that sometimes were tricky to navigate. Um, but it was cool for me to be able to take those experiences and learn from them and also to go to other, other faiths, churches and ask questions at their youth groups and see how they did different religious ceremonies and uh, I think that that's added a lot to my testimony and my understanding of who God is and um, a bit more about this world. So I'm grateful for that experience growing up. I want to start my journey back there in high school. I I had a an experience that was really grounding for me, really foundational in my high school years. So I'd love to share with you the evolution of my relationship with God in tandem with this talk by D. Todd Christofferson. And I would say that my foundation, of course, was built up by a lot of little experiences of, of habit building, right, with my family, of going to church and family prayers and things like that. Um, but I would say the time that I knew for myself was an experience that I had in high school. My dad had been through numerous health struggles. Um, 
it started, it was a process of, of things that kept happening to him. Um, one of which was fairly serious. He, uh, he was having episodes of paralysis with his legs. And obviously that was concerning. He wasn't able to drive and he was having extreme fatigue. And so he wasn't able to work. And my mom was a stay at home mom and it caused a lot of uncertainty in our home. Um, we weren't sure what it was or what was going on. My, my grandma, his mom passed away from MS and we were nervous that that's the direction that this was going. Come to find out he did have a a lesion on his spine. Um, and we didn't know what did that mean for the future. Thankfully his, his symptoms started to recede and he started to, to feel better and be able to function better, which was a huge answer to prayers. And then he contracted Lyme's disease just a few months later and was really sick for about a month. And then uh, a few months after that was in, a, was in an accident in our backyard. They were cutting down trees and he had, there was a tree branch that they didn't see that was connected to another tree and it fell right square on his head and, and knocked him out and they thought he was a lot more hurt than he ended up being, thank heavens. It was a huge miracle, um, but I arrived home that evening to fire trucks and ambulances in my driveway. And I tend to be a, a fairly anxious person <laughs> in general, and I think at that time it really spiked. Um, just seeing that, you know, who wants to see fire trucks and ambulances in their driveway? And knowing what had been happening with my dad, I was I was terrified. Um, but I went inside and I and I talked to my parents, and uh, as the paramedics were leaving. And they told me what happened, and my dad was resting and, and said that he was, he was okay. But even after the, the danger had passed, I still felt scared. I felt the weight of uncertainty. My dad was the rock of our house in a lot of ways. He was the calming force that kept, <laughs> kept things moving forward. And when he was, was shaky, that really threw me for a loop. So that night I kneeled next to my bed and I... I prayed with more fervor and gumption than I think I ever have before in my life to that point. And I just, I sobbed. And I said, Heavenly Father, are you going to take him? Are you going to take him from me? Are we going to be okay? What's going to happen? And as I prayed this prayer, I felt the most beautiful feeling come over me. And it started at the top of my head and washed down my body well, as if someone was pouring warm water over my head. And it just felt beautiful. It felt like love and peace. It felt like security. And I had the feeling at that moment that Heavenly Father was real and that He loved me and that everything was going to be okay. Whatever that looked like, <laughs> I didn't know, but that everything was going to be okay. And since then, I, I, haven't, even, I haven't had that feeling since. Um, but it was so special and sacred to me in that moment. So that's experience that I, I find myself pondering on over and over as I've gone through different challenges in my life. Um, I think one of them, um, was on my mission. I was feeling very inadequate and nervous. And in my scripture study, I came across the scripture in Isaiah chapter 41. And he says, fear thou not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. 
For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. And it just struck me, I had the Spirit testify to me that that was true and that he was with me in this experience. As I got onto the mission, another formative experience that I had was in uh, one of my areas. I went to join a companion. She, she'd been in the mission. I think she'd been there for six weeks. No, it was more than six weeks. She'd been there for two or three transfers. So what is that? Three or four and a half months. And she was still trying to figure out what is, you know, what is a mission? What all was she supposed to be doing? And so we went to the Relief Society president's house to learn more about the ward and understand what they needed and how we could fit in with the work that they were that they were trying to do. And as we were at her house, she had just been through a huge faith crisis, not been through, she was in a huge faith crisis and had just been reading some material that she had never heard before. And she starts spewing all of these things to us uh, for like an hour, just all this information that I also had never heard before. And even though I was a lifelong member, even though I had asked all these questions, I was, I was kind of blown away by some of the information she was sharing. And granted, I, I didn't have the opportunity to go look for myself as, as to whether or not these things were true or where, where she was coming from with some of these different comments. But it definitely rocked my world. We walked out of her house and I, I think for the first time in my life, I thought, what if God's not real? What if this is all made up? What if Joseph Smith's not a prophet? What if the Book of Mormon's not true? Then what? And it felt so dark and heavy and scary. And I had the thought, I'm a missionary. I'm supposed to be testifying of the truthfulness to these people. And I don't even know it myself in this moment. And I thought, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend. I can't do that. So I've got to figure this out. And I've got to figure it out quick. And we were supposed to be on our way to an appointment um, after that, but we missed our ferry to get across the river. So we were stuck there for a minute until the next ferry came. And I, we sat down on a bench and I said a prayer and I said, Heavenly Father, I need to know right now, at least enough to get me through because I, I need to keep functioning as a missionary. And as I, I flipped open my scriptures, I was praying, I had my eyes closed, I flipped open my scriptures and I put my finger on a scripture and opened my eyes. And it was in Jacob 5. So it was a scripture about the vineyard. And I don't recall which scripture it was exactly at this point, but it it made me laugh out loud. And, and I looked at heaven and I laughed and I said, Heavenly Father, you're right. The scripture was talking about the good fruit and the bad fruit and that the ones that aren't the ones that are the bad fruit will be cut off of the tree and burned. And it was, it was kind of a serious doom and gloom scripture. And the, the, the harshness of it, I think, made me laugh. And, but it was exactly what I needed because in that moment, the spirit taught to me. Because you're probably thinking that doesn't sound, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a happy thing. But it just kind of shocked me. Like, oh, I don't need to be dramatic. Like, God, God is giving me a choice in letting me have this experience. Now, I get to choose what I do with it. I get to choose what road I'm going to go down from here. That was, that was the prompting that I had. Um, and so I said, okay, I am going to take what I do know. And I said, I, I do believe that you're real, Heavenly Father. I, you're real. And Jesus Christ is my Savior. 
I'm a daughter of God, and Jesus Christ is my Savior. And that's all I know right now. I don't know if Joseph Smith is a prophet. I don't know if this Book of Mormon is true because of some of the stuff that I just heard. And so that was a a big eye-opener to me. But I took what I did know and continued to teach. And between my my companion, thankfully, wasn't as phased as I was. (laughs) And so between the two of us, we were able to continue and get through that the rest of that transfer. And then I was transferred uh, down to to Belgium. And and I showed up in this ward. uh, First time I've been in this ward. And a member shows up with a PDF that he had that he had been given um, that he wanted to share with us missionaries because it had a lot of the anti, uh, anti-material arguments and scriptures that would show them why our doctrine is true. And it was exactly what I needed. It was such an answer to my prayers. And I thought, huh, that's interesting, Heavenly Father. I chose this path. I chose to follow what I know and to keep going with just that, that grain, <laughs> that grain of faith and here you're giving me answers, right? And, and even then, they weren't all answered. But even that baby step showed me that he was listening and there was some answers to be found. And so I continued to study and, and continued in my mission. And that was really helpful for me to see that even when there are times where we doubt or we struggle, where our faith is challenged, that if we can go from a place of, of what do we know, then... He'll come through for us and help us to find strength to make it the rest of the way. So that was another formative experience for me and taught me a bit about the character of God. And then I get home from my mission and I met, uh, I met a boy that I thought was very cute and we started dating. And we dated uh, for my freshman year of, of college and... I started, we started to talk about, should we get married and what's the right thing to do? And I, I was really having a hard time figuring that out. And, and I just kept thinking, Heavenly Father, how do you want me to make this choice when I'm so young, <laughs> when I'm so young and have so little life experience? How do I choose an eternal companion? That seems like a big ask. But um, I kind of stumbled my way through. We, I went to the temple and I tried to get answers. And my, the answer that I felt was, well, you could, you could marry him kind of like that like well yeah maybe it's not not the best choice but you could and I really wanted to I really wanted to and so we pursued that path he, he proposed and I said yes and when I said yes I felt within me that it wasn't right and I thought you know what it's probably just me uh, let me just think about that let me try and figure out why I feel that and I can work through it we'll, we'll figure something out but that's not how it went I studied and I tried and, and, and I tried to figure it out. And in my studies, I came across a Leah Hona article that talked about the pearl analogy. Now, I don't know if you've heard this analogy, but it goes something like this. We'll summarize it. There's a little girl named Jenny and she goes to the store with her mom and she sees this little plastic pearl necklace and she loves it. She wants to buy this necklace. And she says, Mom, can I have it? And her mom says, sure, let's, you can save up some money. We'll come back and you can get it. And so she goes home and she does her chores and she earns the money and comes back and buys this pearl necklace. And she is so proud of this necklace. She loves it. She wears it to bed. She wears it in the bath. She wears it to kindergarten. She loves it. One night she is going to bed and her dad comes in to read her a story. 
And after he's finished, he says, Jenny, do you love me? And she says, yes, of course. And he says, give me your pearl necklace. And she said, what? My pearl necklace? You can have my favorite baby doll. You can have my favorite horse. And he said, that's okay. Good night. He kisses her and goes out. And he repeats this a couple of different times and she she just can't part with this pearl necklace. Well, one night he comes home and she's sitting on her bed crying. And he says, Jenny, what's wrong? And she said, tearfully, you can have my necklace and, and hands her this hands him this plastic pearl necklace. Well, he takes this necklace and lovingly pulls out from behind his back a real pearl necklace and gives it to her. And as I read this story, it struck me that that's what Heavenly Father was trying to tell me. That's what he was saying about my relationship. Now, this individual that I was dating is a wonderful person, but our relationship was not such that it would have been a good fit. I have seen the benefits of choosing to offer up my plastic pearl necklace and to trust in God. When I read the scripture Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it it nails this home to me. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine, unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And I, I didn't want to listen at first. <laughs> it's one of those promptings where you get it and you're like, Oh man, I don't want to do that. But as painful as it was, I'm so, I'm so grateful that I did that I listened, and then I moved on. And I moved on fairly quickly um, to new adventures in life. I, I, Within two weeks, I had applied to a, a new school. I had gotten a new job, and I had a new apartment. So I moved to Utah and got started with this new adventure. And it was incredibly difficult and painful uh, for a while. But I met the man that became my current husband. We dated for two years. I thought I had done all of my due diligence, but you learn a lot as you get into that adventure. And I'm finding that that maybe Heavenly Father asks us to to jump into these things because because it's never going to be perfect from the get-go and we're going to have to figure it out either way. (laughs) And at, at first it really was, it was, you know, you're in that honeymoon stage and it's lovely, but things wear off, things get hard. And they did for us. COVID hit uh, a few months into our marriage. And with that came a lot of additional stressors and difficulties. My husband was continuing to, he was working at the time um, and work got really stressful. And he wasn't, he wasn't dealing with the stress well. And he began to look at pornography. And he had told me that he had struggled in high school, but as he had more stress as an adult, it just got worse and worse. And I, I will tell you, I have talked to him about this, this, and he is, he is okay with me sharing this with you. This is something that we, it's been a journey that we are on and are working through together. And we feel like being authentic about our struggles is really important for our healing. So as it continued to progress for him, um, I began to get more and more desperate. It felt like uh, like nothing I could do was enough. I would try and take care of everything for him so he didn't have to do anything. He just had to go to work. I would try and make all of his meals for him. I would try and pray with him before. I would try and like make do funny things or anyway, it it was really difficult because nothing worked. 
And I, by the end of the summer of 2020, we came, um, we had been living in Chicago for a few months. We came back to, uh, to Utah and we, it was just really, it was really difficult. I began to get really, again, really desperate and to feel angry with God and to feel like, you know what? I I did the best I could to make the right choices. Why are we in this situation? Why am I in this marriage that feels like it's falling apart? And we haven't even been married for two years. D. Todd Christofferson says about this, some misunderstand the promises of God to mean that obedience to him yields specific outcomes on a fixed schedule. They might think if I diligently serve a full-time mission, God will bless me with a happy marriage and children. Or if I refrain from doing schoolwork on the Sabbath, God will bless me with good grades. If life doesn't fall out precisely this way or according to an expected timetable, they may feel betrayed by God, but things are not so mechanical in the divine economy. God will indeed honor his covenants and promises to each of us. We need not worry about that. The atoning power of Jesus Christ, who descended below all things and then ascended on high, and who possesses all power in heaven and in earth, ensures that God can and will fulfill his promises. It is essential that we honor and obey his laws, but not every blessing predicated on obedience to law is shaped, designed, and timed according to our expectations. And how true is that? I got married thinking that this was my real pearl necklace, and this was a a huge eye-opener to me, that perhaps there were things there that I didn't understand, and I didn't know if I ever would get what I thought that I was getting. That was that was his choice whether or not he would what my my husband it was it, it is his choice to choose how he deals with with his addiction we got to the point where we couldn't even be alone in the same room together without arguing and i got so frustrated because i i'm not an argumentative person and it was so discouraging to me it was not the way that i wanted to live my life but i didn't know what to do on christmas eve morning of 2020 i kneeled down by my bed And I prayed to God and said, Heavenly Father, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm doing everything I know how to do, and it's not working. So what now? I need help. Well, that night, we went to my in-laws, my mother-in-law, to her house for Christmas and to sleep over and spend it with the family. And I stayed up with her until 3 a.m. talking about what I was going through and what she had been through. She was very open about her experiences and uh, it was really helpful to hear that I wasn't alone in what I was going through and that she had a resource, a therapy group that I could go to that with Matt then we could figure things out. So we did. We started going to therapy in February of 2021 and it was slow rolling, I'll tell you. Um, but I guess after the first night, <laughs> the first night was eye-opening because we came home and Matt said, you know, I'm an addict. I'm an addict. And I, I, he said, I, I never thought I'd say that. And I, at that point, I'm like praising the heavens. I'm like, thank you so much, Heavenly Father, that he can see that this quickly. Like, that's awesome. I was hoping things would continue to progress quickly. And that hasn't been the case for us. And that's okay. They have progressed. That's what's important. But even through that journey, as we continued on it, I felt pretty frustrated. Yeah, I, I felt frustrated. I went to, to go see a personal therapist and came to find out in my session that I was angry with God. I was really mad that, I, that he let me get hurt. I was afraid. I didn't want to trust him because I was afraid he would continue to let me 
get hurt by others and be collateral damage for my husband's choices or for others. I mean, he let his only begotten son suffer alone, right? It made perfect sense to me. Then why would I trust him? So I voiced this in my session and my therapist gave me an assignment. He said, I want you to go study the character of God. And I thought, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll do that. And so I did. And, and I came up with a, with a list that, that we kind of, you know, as you read the scriptures, you think, okay, yes, he's loving, he's just, he's almighty, he's all-knowing. These are some of the things that, that we know about him. But what does that even mean? And on a much more personal level, as I began to dive into this, I learned a bit more about him. I learned that he's tender, which was so personal to me. And you know what? He enjoys life. He enjoys beauty. And he's funny sometimes. Sometimes he thinks he's funny and it actually is not super funny. <laughs> but like with that scripture, right? When, when I was like, I was being a little bit dramatic and then he snapped me out of it with something that made me laugh. And I thought, that's what I needed. Thank you. I love nature. I'm an interior designer by trade. And I love admiring the way that I feel when I'm in nature. And I think, how, how incredible is it that God created an environment where we can go and, def- and feel so good? I would love to learn how to do that with the spaces that I create. I love the way that it feels so personal. It feels so, you feel so small as part of this big, big thing, this earth, this solar system. And yet at the same time, you also feel like a conqueror you feel like you know you're part of it and you feel I didn't all these feelings it's incredible so I love that God can can do that it shows to me that he loves life he enjoys life I believe that God has an abundance mindset and that he's patience patient with us anyway as I learned these different lessons through all different experiences it helped me to learn that there's more to the story There's more to the story than I could see at the time. I learned that although we all go through pain and struggle, whether caused by someone else's choices or our own or even just life's challenges, it's not that God is turning a blind eye. He's with us in it. And he is simply waiting for us to turn to him. He's not going to chase us and force us and and plow his way into our life because he thinks it's the best for us. That would avoid all the things that he's done to get us to this point. He's letting us have the opportunity to learn so that we can turn back to him. One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Nephi 2.25. And it teaches us that men was subjected to the challenges of life so that we could experience joy. It, It shows me that as we go through pain and difficult things... It's soul-stretching. It's ex- it expands our capacity to feel and to sit in pain and to, to sit with other people in their pain, to empathize and to love at a deeper place and a deeper level. And as we do that, we also get to experience the opposite, which is greater joy. And to me, what, what more God-like journey is there than expanding our capability to be able to experience pain and joy as it teaches in 2 Nephi 2.25. And as I, as I learned that, that made so much more sense to me about why we go through some of these things. 
because it didn't it, it didn't make sense before. People would say to me, well, we go through challenges so that we can be stronger for what comes next. And I'd say, that's great. I don't want what comes next then because that this is really hard. This hurts so bad. I don't want that. If I have to do harder later, no thank you. But then I learned that it's not it's not just pain to do more pain. <laughs> it's pain to feel more joy. And that that made it so much more worth it to me. And as I learned that through my journey, it helped me to feel more grace for myself and feel more at peace with my own weaknesses, with my own anxiety and learning how to cope with that. And as I did that, be able to sit in my own pain and, and deal with my own struggles, I find that I'm a lot more able to sit with other people in their struggles as well, including my husband. My husband is, is awesome. He is so brave to be willing to uh, let me share this story. I really struggled at the beginning. I felt really hurt by the things that, that he was doing. And um, it wasn't that he wanted to be doing those things. It was, it was that that was how he was coping with his own pain and his own trauma. And, and he has his own journey to, of recovery and finding um, his relationship with God and healing in that. And as I, as I learned how to hold more pain and feel more with him, I prayed and I said, Heavenly Father, help me to see my husband as you see him. And that's changed our marriage. I mean, there's a lot of little things that have changed it, but that's one thing that I've been super grateful for because I understand better now why he's doing what he's doing. And I can see him trying. And I know that even though there are still things happening that are hard for me, that Heavenly Father's got me, at the end of the day, no matter what my husband chooses, he's got me. D. Todd Christofferson said, The process of God-directed purging and purifying will of necessity be wrenching and painful at times. This path cannot be easy for any of us. There's too much refining needed for it to be easy. In the midst of this refiner's fire, rather than get angry with God, get close to God. And I'll tell you, that's been a journey for me. I was angry with God, as many of us are at times. But now I'm able to be close to God in a way that I never have before. He says, call upon the Father in the name of the Son. Walk with them in the Spirit day by day. Allow them over time to manifest their fidelity to you. And I'll tell you, that word means a lot to me. To manifest their fidelity to me. That I can trust them. That they are faithful to me. Come truly to know them and truly to know yourself. Let God prevail. It's hard to, to do that on a day-to-day basis, but I found that there's a lot of things, little tools that God gives us to make it through the journey. It's a journey that I'm still on with my spouse. We're still working through this. And I know that this is something that a lot of people go through, and I want you to know you're not alone. Um, one of the biggest parts of my healing has come through other people. Um, women's, I have a women's group that I go to, and they're amazing, and they help me so much. Uh, I have friends like Kim, for instance. You guys know Kim. And she's been a huge blessing in my life. She and I were assigned to minister to each other in our last ward, which is, I've never seen someone be assigned to each other, but it, it's, it was a godsend. It was exactly what we needed. And at least I should speak for myself. It's exactly what I needed. 
and I'm super grateful that that I have these women in particular in my life that I need right now going through this struggle. It's They've been healing for me and helped me to see God and to feel his love for me in, in a way that, that has been so healing. So if any of these stories thus far are relatable, I want you to know that God is with you. Christ is pleading your cause. In D&C 45, 3-5 it reads, Wherefore, Father, spare these, my brethren, that believe on my name, that they may come unto me and have everlasting life. We are God's children, Christofferson says, set apart for immortality and eternal life. Our destiny is to be his heirs, joint heirs with Christ. Our Father is willing to guide each of us along his covenant path with steps designed to our individual need and tailored to his plan for our ultimate happiness with him. We can anticipate a growing trust and faith in the Father and the Son, an increasing sense of their love, and the consistent comfort and guidance of the Holy Spirit. I love that word consistent. Although it doesn't always feel consistent, (laughs) I do believe that, that he is always there. So why am I choosing faith in Jesus Christ and his restored church? Because through it I have found a divine love and belonging that has become an anchor to me. I don't know where else I would even go. (laughs) I know that as I stay strong in my relationship between me and God, me and my Savior, that's the only way that I'm going to make it through this life. At least happily. And I'd prefer that. (laughs) I'm super grateful for my Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm grateful that he was willing to die for me so that I don't have to walk this path alone. I'm grateful for this journey that I've gone on and I'm going on with my spouse. Because you know what? I can see that pearl necklace now. And it's beautiful and it feels, it feels so good. And I appreciate it now more than I think I would have if I even was given it right away. I'm grateful for the struggle, although I don't ever want to do it again. (laughs) I hope that we continue to move further and further from that place that we were. I'm, I'm super grateful for all that I've learned and the way that I've come to know my Savior through it and to know my Heavenly Father through it. I want to end this episode a little bit differently than we typically do and follow the lead of our friends at Rise Up Restored podcast by playing a song. The song is called Never Alone by the Bonner family and it really touched my heart when I was listening to it the other night when I was having a hard time so hoping it can touch someone else out there today. Thank you for being here with me today on Still Rowing, a High Five Live podcast. I think I've seen it all laughed and we've cried the battles we fight through the rain and through the storm be my shelter to hide till my tears have dried i don't wanna run trying to get away from all the things i've done take my hand i'm with you Side. Your side. When the fight is at the
Oh, my heart. 